Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's a Monday, almost a turn of the calendar, January 29th edition of Great Talk. Martin Kilcoin, the sports director of Fox 2. Danny Mack with you, and uh, away we go. And Martin has come in with a whole list of things to talk about because it has been a while since we've had Great Talk. I think we have to have an airing of grievances first. And people are pissed. They are And I've upset. said, I can't believe Dan let this lapse. No, I think a couple times it was me, a couple times it was you, scheduling issues, I think what's most heartening is that people actually care. They care and they listen. Yeah, people are upset. Even uh, Dave Job, sports producer, Fox 2, loyal listener, said to me last night, because he drives home to Edwardsville at night, and he listens to the segments, he listens to podcasts, and he said, do I just need to move on from great talk? And I really? Thought, oh, I said, this is very hurtful. That hurts. That hurts. And I said, and I know Dave, and he does a hell of a job, and Dave, that hurts. He was, But I think it's a fair question. That's a real fair question. So is this your so, uh, this is your farewell then? Huh? You're, no, you're just setting no, up that I, you want to no, leave. I, no, what I'm saying is people, the masses, Dan, are furious. Like, where is great talk? They're they're banging on the doors here at Scoops, and they want their great talk. Well, here it is. I would like to apologize for it not happening because, in all seriousness, you want to be consistent, and I get that. But things have come up, so it's good to be back. Uh, it feels like home, Dan. It, it really just, does. It, it feels, feels like it's home. It's good to be home. Did you watch your football games yesterday? I did. Uh, you know, I don't watch every play, Dan, contrary to popular belief. I but think I watched every play. Did You You yeah. probably did. I, did I text you during the games because I thought, oh, he won't respond? I had a million things at work I was trying to like follow up on. But before I would text anybody, I was like, they don't want to be. Right, like right now, nobody wants to be bothered. What do you think the uh, TV rating in Kansas City was? I mean, they're, they're a dynasty now, in my opinion. Oh, so, yeah. Um, they're the, so popular. The TV rating for Chiefs Kingdom. And the TV ratings in St. Louis, as you know, with the Massive. games on Fox, are huge. I, I'd be curious. You think over 50? Like, the rating itself. Okay, not to nerd out and go like yeah. a Dan Caesar column, but the share, which is always interesting, is the percentages. Like, of all the TVs that are on, what percent are watching that game? So, in Green Bay, if they're in the Super Bowl, like in Wisconsin, the share would be like 96. And you're like, who's not watching the sure. Packers in the Super Bowl? So I bet a Chiefs share yesterday, trip to the Super Bowl on the line, the share's probably like 80, 82. So then the rating is what? The percentage of all TVs that exist in that market. I'm going to say maybe higher than 50. Yeah. I, I just it, think the Chiefs are yeah. so big. I it's, do, and I'm not a Chiefs diehard. I'm... If you're a fan, good for you. I don't think I'm not either. I don't think in St. Louis we owe them special coverage because they're in our state. I, I don't feel that way. I don't feel like they're our team. It's kind of forced down our throat. I did a commentary one night, and I said, "For God's sakes, I feel like I live in Lee Summit." Like <laughs> every story on our website is about the Chiefs. All of that said, it is a small market team, and it is kind of cool that they're that's a the beauty of the National Football League. Hundred percent. You know, and I do think, and I don't want to get off on a sidebar, maybe we can table this and come back to it, Dan, if your staff can write this down. Yeah. I think in Major League Baseball, they would like to get to TV, shared TV revenue. 
with all of this TV stuff that's in flux, I think that's one of their thoughts is maybe, and it's going to oh, be I hard. I think that's been on the table forever. There's but, no way but, that's going to happen. But the Dodgers, let's say they have $300 million in local revenue. They have a contract for $7.8 billion. I know, but if they ever could. Now, the Dodgers could still go out and sell way more corporate packages, way more you know marketing and advertising, and they could still, and ticket money and revenue, but it would help a little bit even out the disparity like the NFL does. I don't sure. think it'll ever happen. No, but it's I not think, going to but happen. Thought about, yeah, but the Chiefs being a national brand and the fact that they're in the state of Missouri and it's little old Kansas City, I think that's great. I do like that. Yeah, I'm not a Chiefs hog. I, I don't sit there and say, I've got to watch the Chiefs on this Sunday. I know that when the Chiefs are on CBS or Fox, I'm sure here locally, they want to make sure and show those games. For because, sure. You know, you're Channel get 4 has basically become the Chiefs station, sure. which is good for business. I don't, I don't blame them at all. It's amazing, though, how every game seems to come down to the final snap, the final drive. People are like, well, this is scripted. It's not scripted, but it just seems that way. The NFL, it, and I think it's from even 10 years ago, we had the Rams here, has, has exploded. And it was big yeah. then, don't get me wrong, but now the gambling is more accessible in other states. People are playing fantasy football across the board. The games are always in prime time. They've done the flex schedule, which is you're putting your best teams, your best games on prime time. I don't know, man. They figured this thing out, and they've got it figured out to a T yeah, to it, make money too. I think you're right that it, it's just it's bigger than ever, and the games just always sort of work out. I was disappointed. I wanted the Lions to win. I like that story. Um, there's a lot of St. Louis connections to it. And I was like, it'd be fun if Detroit won. When they were winning 24-7 at halftime, part of me over at Fox 2 was disappointed. I thought, ah, I wanted a better game. So then all of a sudden the Niners went. I'm like, oh, crap. I don't really yeah. want the – and I don't – I used to really like the Niners. I, I, I didn't care that much. But then all of a sudden I'm like, the NFL, man, they suck you back in. If you were a casual fan at halftime, you thought, well, this one's over. Forget about it. And then you have to watch, and they always give you things to do. Like the debate shows live off the NFL, and they almost always put something on a platter, whether it's a late official's call, a dropped pass, and in this case, coaching decisions by the Lions coach Dan Campbell. Uh, and it just feeds itself. Like you could debate Dan Campbell's decisions for the next two months. I was, and this is not being Monday morning quarterback here. In the moment, I said, I cannot believe on the road he's not taking the points. hundred percent. I, I, I don't understand that, especially I, on the road. And I don't. We had Jeremy Macklin on TV last night, and obviously played at a high level, but also as a coach at Kirkwood High School. And he just said, I understand you kind of have this way you go about it all year. He said, I think in certain instances, certain moments, you can deviate from that. Like in that moment, it's about seven and a half minutes left. It's not a given. But field goals are relatively high percentage successful in the NFL. 48-yarder, I think you have to attempt And it was 24-7. Yeah, at 24, it's 27-24 27-24. So oh, you're you, talking about the second uh, one. So I'm talking about it's seven and a half minutes in the game. Yeah, I got you. If you kick it, the game's tied. Okay, here we are. We're on the road. It's tied. I think you have to give your team that chance. I, I think, think it's, too. I think if you if you go for it and don't get it, all of a sudden it's deflating. They had all the momentum. Just get back to even. You're just kind of scrambling to get back. I know it's who they are. And people said earlier, third quarter, when they had the 24-7 halftime lead, Niners come out of the half, get a field goal. It's 24-10. Lions are in field That's goal. Yep. 
And that's the one people said, if you kick it there, you're back to being up by 17. That's a, you're essentially three possession. Yes. And so that was another one. That's the one I thought didn't make sense to me. And so I understand people saying this is who they are. It's what they do. They're not going to change what they do. Well, then why at the end of the first half, did they kick the field? Sure. So I, why didn't they go for it? There It was like fourth and goal. He said it was just a smidge too far or something like that, but I don't buy it. I'm like, you decided there, which was smart. Go up by 17. And they took the field goal at the end of the half, and they were way closer to the goal line there if you wanted to be risky and say, we're going for the throat. But they didn't in that instance, which confuses me. You, you, I, I thought you would have been out of your mind if you would have said prior to the games yesterday, Brock Purdy is going to win potentially or have a big reason why you won this game because of what he does out of the pocket and runs and Lamar Jackson doesn't he held on to the ball forever and he just didn't even look like the same guy it was crazy watching that game yesterday you're talking about Baltimore yes you I'm sorry I wish I would have been I wish I would have gambled I'm not a gambler I would have and I told people this the Chiefs will win that game some friends of ours are Kansas City fans I said don't worry you got the Ravens I said they won't score any points it's who they always are I said it'll be low scoring but they will do nothing on offense. It's what they've been doing for 20 years. I've uh, got an interesting stat. You love stats, don't you? I do, as long as you – like, I don't want to get buried in them, but I like a good I like a good nugget, Dan. Okay. Can I, I have a nugget instead of a stat? Let me give you a nugget. Patrick right. Mahomes has played in 17 postseason games. <laughs> it's just a – So, effectively, a full season. Right. These are the playoff stats. He's 14-3. and three. He has got over 4,800 passing yards – 39 touchdowns, five, uh, 39 passing touchdowns, five rushing, only seven INTs for what would be the highest <laughs> level of play, the playoffs, and only seven INTs in 17 postseason games. Oh, my games. God. That's incredible. Yeah, he, he is incredible. The only thing I don't like about the Chiefs specifically is when they say nobody believed that they're doing a lot of that right now. Everybody doubted us. I'm like, well, you're struggling a little bit. That's reasonable. I think most people that follow the NFL and cover the NFL have said they're still pretty good. It's Kelsey, it's Mahomes, it's Andy Reid. I think most people still recognize the Chiefs are very good. They struggled a little bit this year, so there was reasonable, not doubt, but this mantra, like nobody, like when the Blues make the playoffs, I want Braden Shen to look at me and say, you didn't think we were any good, I'd say. That is correct. That is, <laughs> I'm going to say that is correct. I, I didn't think you guys were going to make it. I didn't think you were. They could say that legitimately. Yeah. The Chiefs can't say that. I, I feel bad for, like, my guy Mo Drummond was texting me in the morning about his Ravens, and I just said, good luck. But I didn't want to tell him, I'm sorry, pal, you guys will lose because so, it's the Chiefs, and, and Baltimore just never does it. So now we have two weeks until the Super Bowl. You've got the NHL All-Star game, so no Blues games coming up, except they have one more left. they got one more. They're one on Tuesday night. Tomorrow yeah. night. Columbus. Chance um, to win again? Yeah, so they're, they're playing great hockey right now, and what is it, a five-game winning streak yep. going on with the Blues. What is Martin Kilcoin going to do? What are you going to cover? What What is the <laughs> angle that you can come up with with sports? I mean, there's always something, but what are you focused on here the next couple of weeks? I was going to do the little four-year-old girl who's good at pickleball, but Kusamon already did that, so yeah. I can't do that. Okay. Um, you know, I think that's a great question, Dan, and we did look at the schedule. I think we'll probably uh, – you can dig in a little more on the high school, but I think city soccer being back. Oh, yeah. And they're they're actually in town this week. They've been in Florida. They'll go to California, uh, maybe a little more on city. Uh, unfortunately, 
SLU and Mizzou are so bad at basketball. That's the other point I was going to make. And thank God the Blues are at least making it interesting. I don't know if they're really a cup contender, but if they could just get into the playoffs, that would be a nice story after everything that's going on. And we need the Blues to be interesting because yes. the basketball is so bad. I think Travis Ford's future is going to become more and more of a hot topic. It already is in some circles. But Mizzou basketball is sort of getting a pass because they've got such a great recruiting class. That said, if I'm Desiree, I would say, are we going to just occasionally be horrible? Is that – now? it's only year two, and he said we're building this thing. So he does get a pass, Dennis Gates. I didn't think they'd be this bad. And then Slew's in last place in the A-10, which is terrible. One win hor- in the A-10. Horrific. I think Ken Palm had them at either a total of 11 or 12 wins. That's it. Yeah, and they're sitting at eight now. That means you got a couple of wins left on the team. And they've been losing at home. Davidson and UMass are not world beaters. We're not talking about Dayton and VCU of the back in the day coming in here or whatever. We're not talking about a power conference either. Right. And you're in the cellar of this thing. No, And my gut says that Chris May... Didn't want to fire uh, Travis Ford. Doesn't want to fire, like on a personal level, doesn't think it makes sense. You need continuity. All of these things, I think he may still believe that and then may end up with no choice. If you're this bad, I just don't. I don't, I don't know what the buyout is, and right. no one knows what the buyout is. If it's high, that becomes problematic. Keep, keep hearing that it's high. I do too. And, I, and how did you get to that situation is another topic. Again, I really like Travis, but at a certain point here, he might be like, dude, I don't even know what to tell you because we're banging our heads against the wall. And there's not much coming in, apparently, on the recruiting front. That's the other part of this. So there's not, like, light at the end of the tunnel where you and have you this bad you needed to year. lock those in before this horrible season. Yes. Because yes. how do you get kids now and convince them, you it's, know? It's very tough to do that. Very so tough what is to do Martin going to do for that stretch there? Probably a lot of great features, maybe behind the scenes at Scoops with Danny Mack. Sure, come on over. Dan, there's always something to talk about. I mean, baseball is not too far up, but we do have a little stretch there where it's a little dry. Maybe yeah, we'll- you'll have some guys showing up now. Usually after the Super Bowl is when you start seeing guys trickle in. Um, I always love that when they would say, you know, the paper would always be there first, and they would say, oh, so-and-so showed up early this year. And like everybody's like, wow, great job. And I'm like, he showed up early to leave his family back in Tulsa, and he's playing golf. Yes. <laughs> he showed up, and the reporters took a few pictures of him. And he's playing catch. Yeah, or they walk into the facility, and everybody's like, oh, look, you're here early. Came in early. And then you don't see him for like five days. Yes. They're <laughs> setting, setting up shop, and then <laughs> That then would they happen get... all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Are you going down to spring training? I don't believe I'm going. My colleague, Kevin Ryans, I believe, is going to be there for about five days. Uh, and I'm looking forward to it. I'm ready for the baseball conversation for sure, in part because of what's been going on with the basketball. But there, there's so much going on right now. There's always – and here's a good one for you, Dan. Yesterday is what? Championship Sunday. Fox 2 has the game. Good for us. Of course, after that monster game, they went to a cooking show for 70 minutes, which is, a, <laughs> which is always a nice diversion to the audience. I'm sure people love Gordon Ramsay cooking shows, but – Mandy Murphy and I are like, really? Yeah. We've got this huge audience, and it's like, click, 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 click. Yeah. But at, at the end of the night, 11 o'clock, phone in the sports office at Fox 2 just keeps ringing. And it has call ID. So you can see if it's somebody in the building, assignment desk, whatever. And I just see some guy's name and it calls, and I'm like, I'm not picking that up. And then it, it rings again. And producer Dave is like, who is it? And I go, same guy. I keep seeing the name. So finally, I just, oh, the hell with it. I just picked it up. I'm not like not afraid. I just don't want to get stuck for like ten minutes. Yeah. And this guy said, "Yeah, yeah. Uh, you had uh, 
NFL I saw. You had NHL, and I said, yeah. He goes, yeah, I, I could have won a bet. You didn't do anything with the Monster Jam. <laughs> I said, I'm sorry. And he said, no Monster Jam highlights. And I said, that is correct. We did not. And I said, you know, we traditionally haven't done highlights. I said, sometimes we'll do a feature. We'll go down there and talk about a driver who's tell their story. But I just said, that is correct. I, I said, I don't know what to tell you, pal, but we did not have Monster Jam highlights <laughs> on this championship Sunday. And I was like, there's nothing really to argue about. And then I thought later, like, did we owe it to the Now, it's a popular event. It was down at the Dome. Yeah. But it would have been a good challenge to show some highlights because, Dan, you're a great play-by-play man. I don't know what you're supposed to say. I don't know either. He got a lot of air on a that. A lot of air. A lot of air. Um, nailed the landing. <laughs> nailed the landing. Truck is bouncing. Uh, okay. Avoid the, I don't know. What would you, is it uh, potholes? I, it's the greatest show on dirt. There you go. I mean, there's ways to do oh, it, I guess. I, and now, now I'm thinking about today. How many people did they have there? As a there? smart ass, I'm thinking about showing some highlights. You should. I'll pro- we'll probably then get like hit with a copyright infringement for showing <laughs> it. Uh, I, I think they get a pretty good crowd. Do you, uh, uh, do you guys cover the Battlehawks? Yeah, Fairmont. Yep. And they'll be back. Now, they're training camps in Texas. You know that UFL, I think it's smart because they partnered together. And they're getting ads during Fox on Championship Sunday. There's even a Battlehawks ad on there. It might have even been voiced by Burkhart, it seemed like. So they're getting a little more legitimacy, and that'll be fun. Yeah, so if we could just hang in there a little longer, Dan, there'll be a little bit of everything going on. I'm a big fan of the uh, Fox number one team, uh, Burkhart and Olsen. I think they do a hell of a job, and they're not the big names, and maybe they turn into the big names, but maybe you can ever answer this question for me too. I thought Tom Brady this year was supposed to be a part of the of the telecast and the number one team, and he maybe do a three man booth so he gets his feet wet, has an understanding how it works. So next year is he the number one guy, and and Olson goes away. All right, well this is all very interesting, Dan. I'm glad you brought this up. Kevin Burkhart, by the way, we put it on the Scoops website on Friday. The play by play guy I had him on radio last week. Just a tremendously normal person. You know him from the Mets coverage days. Yeah, I thought he was really talented. Really he, talented. He was essentially the Jim Hayes of the Mets. He right. was like the pre and post game host, running around doing interviews, things like that. But uh, last week I had him on the show. The week before I had Tom Rinaldi on radio. And with both of them, and I'm not a gotcha guy, but I did say. What will it be like? Loved your visit with Tom Rinaldi. That was excellent. Yeah, and, that was really and good. He is a really another really nice, sincere guy. It's funny. All three of those guys are from New Jersey. Rinaldi, Greg Olson, and Burkhardt are all New Jersey guys. For what it's worth, Tom Brady initially was supposed to be on this year. He said, "I want to wait a year and really do some homework and do some studying and training." And apparently, he's been practicing whatever that means. So it's scheduled to be next year that Tom Brady will join. Burkhart in the booth. So when Rinaldi was on, I said, have you thought at all about Tom Brady? What a spectacle that'll be. Because they're kind of a below-the-radar group, even though they're the A-team. Maybe Olsen is the biggest name out of all of them, believe it or not. And Rinaldi said, I'm going to take that in a different direction. Instead of talking about Tom, I want to talk about Greg Olsen, what a leader he is for our group, and it is an awkward position. So then with Burkhart, I said, hey, next year, Tom Brady, and he just kind of said, listen, there's going to be eyeballs on us no matter what. So I figured out, I get it. None of them want to disrespect Olsen. None of them really want to say anything quotable about Tom Brady. But I believe it's happening, that Brady's going to be in the booth with Burkhardt, and then Olsen 
who might be better than all of them, and, and people have said that for a while. He's really good. And what I, I would say, I've been kind of critiquing Romo for a while. He's just such a spaz, which works for him. Some people love that. He's getting more criticism than ever now just because he's just kind of nutso. Yep. I think Greg Olson is not a spaz, but he has energy. Like, he gets excited. He has energy in big moments, and he's kind of like into the game, but he's energetic without being spastic, if that makes sense. The only knock I have on Olsen is that he starts giving me football terms. Well, they're in a they're in a cover seven yeah, type he can two. Nerd out a little bit, yeah, and that that is, you know, you, you got the the person that's not a a total football geek that's sitting there saying, now wait a minute, what does that mean? If he could just explain that a little bit more, uh, that would be my only critique of him is just when you get into football terms, explain them in layman's terms. It's okay to yeah. say it, but just give me the layman's terms of what that means. Yeah, I, th- I, think, I that's think that's fair. fair. No, and, and the the line I saw last week about Romo was after the Buffalo game, Chiefs-Buffalo, and I was watching that game, and I said, man, he's just all over the place. Like, try the decaf. And again, maybe it makes him more likable because he's just kind of the yeah. hyper kid. But he would say, Jim, Jim, that's a Chiefs ball. Until it's not. Like weird <laughs> right, stuff. Right. And the next day, USA Today, the headline said, Romo leans into his weirdness. And I thought, I, what a headline. I, I just think that in today's day of social media, you just can't get away with being like that. I mean, John Madden probably would have taken some some hits yep. back in the days of social media, even oh, though he's beloved. He would have been trending on a game day. Absolutely. And, and people would have been like, what is this boom? Stupid. Yes. Get rid of the boom. Exactly. Bang. What am I watching? A cartoon? I like having personalities on it. I and if the personality makes a mistake, so what? I could care less. I could not I, I just I, I don't care. Just give me some personality to it. Make it fun. It's supposed to be fun, man. Right. Now the knock on Roma is that when he first got in the booth, he still knew all the guys in the game and they would tell him stuff and he always knew what was coming. So he looked like the smartest guy in the sure. booth. He said, oh, this is one of the times they're going to take a shot down deep. And then they would, and everybody would be like, holy smokes. Yeah. Well, that's kind of gone away because the guys that he knows are gone away. Right. And as you know, at some point, you still got to do a lot of homework and be prepared. And I think that's where some people are knocking him. Is yep. he 100% prepared? Now they got the Super Bowl. Uh, Andrew Marchand, who writes about all of this stuff for the New York Post, he's kind of the Rudy Martsky from back in the day was at USA Today, wrote always about sports media. Andrew is kind of that guy now. He wrote a piece last week. It wasn't scathing, but he said CBS has got a mess right now in the booth with Romo and Nance, and they've got two weeks to figure it out. He also does a thing called the Brady meter, whether he'll be in the booth or not. And he's got it at like 84%, but I think it's higher than that. So I don't know if Brady will be any good. You know he'll bust his tail. You know he'll be ultra-competitive. I just don't think he'll be better than Olsen. He'll be a bigger name, but I don't think he'll be better. The information will be there. It'll be about timing and when to chime in, making uh, concise statements. That That's something that new guys struggle with is that they go on and on and on and on trying to get to their point. They don't understand that you have to be very concise. And the other thing that I'll look for with him is energy. It, you're not being interviewed you know, on Wednesday for a Sunday game. Well, we got to come out. We got to do this. We got to. No, you need to be energetic when you're in that booth. And that's something that uh, you got to learn just by doing it. I, I would imagine that they will put them in a truck and have them do some, 
you know, fake games, if you will, kind of like what they did with Romo and Nance, and that's how they settled on Tony Romo. And I would imagine that they've got to do that if they haven't even done it already. I think they have been. I think they have been. You yeah. know, you you got to do that before you make him the number one guy. And it'll help that Burkhart is sort of egoless. You know, yeah, he doesn't care. It but seems I'm saying like. if it's a huge ego or somebody that's been around a million years, they'd be like rolling their eyes, like, oh, I can't believe I'm stuck with it. Sure, it's somebody who can probably like tape in the interview last week. Kevin is texting saying, hey, give me 10 more minutes. Give me 10. And a lot of the radio, we tape it, which is great. I can sit there and wait 10 minutes. And he said, sorry, I was at the DMV. He said, I'm turning 50. I got to update my license. And I said, you don't have people that do that for you? <laughs> right. I said, huh? wait a minute. He goes, he goes, well, who would do that for Is me? he living in L.A. now? Lives in L.A., yeah. yeah sure. A New York guy. Uh, but anyway, they, the Olsen thing is interesting because if you're Fox, I don't know his contract. Do you just immediately put him on your B team and know that he's really good? Why wouldn't you just do a three-man booth? Because you're going to take away from the shine of having Tom Brady in there? I think that's awkward for Olsen. If you bend the guy, no, he might say, I'm fine with it. I don't care. Yeah. I don't, I've not heard that said anywhere. That's interesting. Or if you put him on your B team, does he say, I don't care. I'm calling football. You're yeah. still paying me. I don't care. But then as soon as he's a free agent... Is he the biggest name on the market? To be go, one of them to go somewhere else. The Romo deal is a ten-year deal. Yes, ten and years, big money, hundred and eighty million. Right. I think at the time he was red hot. It was kind of like a, a contract where they locked him up like before anybody could get him. Like locked him up, and then they're like because they thought somebody was going to steal him, and now they're kind of stuck with him. Yep, and that's the way it goes. Is the uh, the short answer there, Dan? I'm looking at my notes here. I've always got a lot of stuff for you. By the way, we are in the Pasta House Studios, you already knew that. Kids eat free on Sundays, Dan, you already knew that. I did. You can order online at pastahouse.com. Love me the pasta. I was at the Creve Corps location on Friday. Had a little cannelloni. Also, our good friends at Triad Bank, our buddy Jim Regna, loyal sponsor of Scoops and all the great segments that we do. You've got Marie DeVilla Senior Living at the corner of Clayton and Wideman Road. It's a beautiful spot in West County. Of course, the MAC, we're always going to tape one of these. Dan's we there like, should. You're there like 4 a.m. I, I was there yesterday. At 5 a.m.? Uh, no, it was in the middle of the day, right before the football games. Got to work nice. out in and, and went to the MAC. Was Sunday afternoons are nice. Kind of quiet or no? Very quiet. That's why I like oh, it. Oh, I love that. Yes. Missouri Athletic Club, of course, the historic downtown location and the West Clubhouse, mac-stl.org. Dan, are we in the Lou Few Studios, too? Lou Few Studios, and uh, if you're going to buy a car, new or used, you got to think about Lou Few's because of what they do for St. Louis, for the kids here in the area, uh, hundreds thousands of kids literally that they are helping to get scholarships because of the Lou Fuse Athletic. Go to Fuse.com. And for that special someone in your life, Valentine's Day right around the corner, go to Lordo's Diamonds and get that uh, jewelry for that special someone in your life at Lordo'sDiamonds.com. Lordo'sDiamonds.com. Uh, Dan, I had a father-daughter dance the other night. I got one coming up this weekend, yeah. So I'm not a big dance guy. But I'm willing to do whatever. It's your kids. You'll do whatever. We walk into the event. She's in eighth grade. We walk in the event. She said, okay, just now go. Just go talk to the dad. Yeah, you don't have she, to dance. You don't have to do anything. She swooshed me away. Like, go. And I was like, wait a minute. I was going to do the hype. I was going to do, <laughs> right, right. is the floss still in? Can I? Sure. I, I was going to do London Fletcher's Sugarfoot, for God's they sake. They go. The kids all no go No interest in me being there. No. I'm like, why did we even have a, quote, father-daughter dance? Right. They all go with... They're friends, and they go dance, and they're running around, and the dads are just stuck there sitting there talking to <laughs> talking each other. To so how's, uh, how's it going, Bill? Yeah. Yeah, how's your uh, kids' basketball team doing? <laughs> like, that's how it works. That's the whole night. Yes. And then every song they play, the DJ, 
has to be Taylor Swift. I don't know these songs, but the girls are screaming, dancing all over, and I'd say to them, what is it? They go, that's Taylor Swift. And the next song, I'm like, what's that? They go, it's, it's Taylor Swift. <laughs> I don't know enough about her music, but it's obviously everywhere. Yes. Massive. And it's great for the NFL. Oh, my gosh. I don't mind it. People are really... I don't bothered. either. People are bothered by it. Did I invent this? You know how they would always combine the two names and, like, Brad and Jennifer was Benifer or whatever. Has anybody said Swelsey? <laughs> I've not heard that. For Swift? Isn't that pretty good? Yeah. Swelsey. Swelsey? Yeah. That, I can, can I see sell that. you on that? Can I get any shirts? You Swelsey. should. You should... Honestly, you should think about doing like a red shirt with a number Swelsey. I'll get sued by the NFL. You will probably right after the Monster Jam. People come <laughs> after me. I got I got big plans. People coming after me. Uh, by the way, Dan sounded great on the radio. I love hearing you on one hundred and one. Oh yeah, seven to ten a.m. Tuesdays through Fridays. What else do I get in my notes? So shout out to Dan. That's on my notes here. My Chiefs notes said this: Why is Kelsey always open? I mean, everybody knows how good he is. And he, by the end of the year, he looks so old, and he, he he just he didn't look like the same player, and now he looks like the guy that's going to the Hall of Fame. Maybe he's he had eleven catches. Maybe he should say on eleven targets. Yes. Maybe he's the one who should say. People doubted me. <laughs> Maybe they did. It's true. And I said Kelsey's always open, and Mahomes is never touched. Pretty that's much. Right. Well, I think he got the NFL once yesterday. The NFL though has made a point to to make sure that he stays okay. You notice how some guys they get pounded when they slide. I'm talking about the QB. When he takes one hit, he gets up and starts throwing his hands up and says, "Come on, that's a penalty. Throw the flag." It seems like there's rules for different players. It's like that in all sports. He's a superstar, but it does seem to me a little bit even more. he's protected. Yeah, Which maybe they should. I think they should, too. He needs to stay on the field. Also of note, Dan, when the game ends and we see these wide shots from up high, the coach is trying to find each other, and there's always a security guy. His whole job is to raise his hand yeah. so that the other coach can see him. It's so crazy. How is it that in the sports industry, Everything like Sports Illustrated is basically doesn't exist anymore. Sporting news basically doesn't exist. All these, and I'm talking about magazine outlets for a reason. All of these industries have been whittled down. The Post Dispatch, you know, local TV. All of us have been hit by this. Yet when those games end, there are still five thousand oh, still photographers. Photogs. Yes, who are they all shoot? I mean, there's th- I'm sure a lot of them are the NFL or team photographers. But how many Bay Area newspapers are yeah. there? How many national newspapers are covering these games? Yet it's the same as it's been for 40 years. There's a ton of them out Isn't there. Isn't that crazy? I find it interesting looking at NFL films on the sideline and seeing the access yep. that they get. I always try to find that that person, that, that cameraman, camera woman that's there to, to get that insight and the unique look at NFL films and how they do it. And it's awesome. I mean, any way you want to look at it, they figured it out, man. And they have the vest on. And when they have the vest yes. on, if it says NFL, I always wanted my guys at Fox to just get one of those vests. Yes. And then you just walk wherever the hell you want. Do anything you want. You're in, like, the tunnel. Okay. And then just walk in the locker room. Hey, did, did you do the Cardinals uh, red ribbon panel? I was at, yes. Now, so, I know you can't give away names, but uh, there's always, in terms of who may be on the ballot or who may get in, but uh, that's a who's who in that uh you know, when you guys are sitting around the desk and trying to figure it out in a conference room. Uh, I will tell you, it's one of my favorite things I get to do. I have no business being on this panel, but basically the Cardinals, when they started the Hall of Fame, and you know all of this, about 10 years ago, said we have to have a little bit of a, a discussion in creating the ballot, and then the fans get to pick. Fans decide. 
And in that room, so this year, for example, so Bill DeWitt III sort of runs it. His dad, Bill Jr., has always been there. This year he was on the phone. But basically the DeWitts run the meeting, and they have all these stats from veteran players that maybe have been overlooked that are worthy. That's something that the DeWitts, they love the history of the team. I know people are always ripping on the DeWitts, and you're mad about payroll. But when it comes to the franchise, they really do love the history. Absolutely. And they'll bring up names and, like, and give you a stat sheet to study. Hey, does this guy belong in the Cardinals Hall of Fame? Even though he's been deceased 50 years, he deserves – it's basically documenting history. They're, they're, they find that to be very important. And traditionally, this room, so like Bernie Meklis is there, Derek Gould, people who cover baseball, John Mozellek sits in, Brian Walton, who's kind of a Cardinal historian. All Randy Carricker. Carricker is there. Thank you, sir. Would I remember that season for Ray Langford? <laughs> he always has like these nuggets. But it's very interesting, and you just kind of debate. And at the end, it's everybody's has their own little ballot that they fill out, and then they rank them, and then they decide who, in fact, will be on the ballot. But it's it's a fascinating discussion. But I remember when it first started, I walk in this room, and I look around, and it was Whitey Herzog, Ray Shandingst, Tony Larusa. Tony was there this year, and I'm thinking. What could I possibly add? Like, and sure. the, and the best was when they would bring up a player from the forties, and Red would say, "Well, good ball player, getting the gaps really good. He could really run from first to third. And you're like, "Holy crap!" It's like yeah. it was like it was yesterday. Yep. And then Whitey would come. In, the thing about this guy, he couldn't <laughs> throw the damn ball to second. Like he would always have a a good critique. Sure. And then seeing Tony and Whitey. Tony would defer to Whitey on certain players. He goes, yeah, you had him that one year. I had him that other year. Like, fascinating. Yeah, I know they've never recorded it, and it is private. But I think what I would tell people, the way it works, so, for example, we would debate, like, whether David Freeze last year should be on the ballot because he had a relatively short Cardinal career and didn't have a legendary Cardinal career, but he had a legendary October. He's a so we debate should it be on the ballot, and in the room discusses that. It's good stuff. And then ultimately, we all decided. I mean, enough people decided he would be on the ballot, and then yeah. the fans have a choice who they want to pick. I think names that have been around and have been close, like Edgar Renteria, is an interesting Cardinal. Had a very good career. It's a shame he left for Boston when he did. I After think after oh four, and it wasn't over a lot of money either. Because no. he, if he'd stayed, he'd be a slam dunk. Yep. As a Cardinals Hall of Fame, Matt Morris's name has been thrown around. George Hendricks' name has been thrown on. And, again, these are not Cooperstown players, but meaningful name, players but for the franchise. The, even all three of those names resonate to Cardinal fans in some way. So I, I love being in that room. I mostly just am there to give Tony shit is what, yeah. I, what I try and do. Like and I you told, do. I told you when Whitey Karowski is a veteran player who could be a candidate, I don't know where the voting ends up, and he had a great career. And so that after all these numbers are thrown around, I said to Tony, well, Tony, you managed him in the 40s. What what would you say? And he said, messing with the wrong guy. And I'm thinking, he's like almost 80, but he's like Mandelbaum. He's yeah. going to come over the table and he wants to go. He, it's cool stuff. So I, I, love, I love being a part of it. So eventually, and I don't know who votes. I have no idea in the room who's thinking what. And then at the end of it, we'll come out with a ballot. Awesome. This has been a great talk. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.